As part of our vision to transform the healthcare experience, Temecula Valley Hospital brings you TVH Health Chat. Welcome to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. I'm Caitlin White, and as we continue to battle the coronavirus pandemic, it's essential to keep up with the care of our other conditions as well. Joining us today to talk about heart health during the pandemic is Dr. Andrew Ho, the Medical Chief of Staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. So Dr. Ho, we're talking all about heart disease today. Tell us why it's so important to stay on top of screenings and care even during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you, Kaylin, for asking such a wonderful question. Certainly, I have seen a lot through this whole COVID pandemic. And even though our numbers are much better, we're certainly very much in a pandemic as I speak. And I've seen so many tragic stories of both sides, people who actually have COVID, as well as people who don't have COVID but suffer from terrible heart conditions because they are so afraid to come into the hospital to seek treatment for their cardiovascular problems. There are patients that just refuse to, to come in. They are so afraid. They think that the hospital is filled with COVID patients, which is not true. And even though they have angina, which is a type of symptom that results from patients who have blocked arteries, they just sit at home and wait until the angina uh, symptoms progressively worsen. And next thing you know, the patient has a heart attack and dies at home. And this is a scenario that I see over and over and over again. And I think the word needs to get out there that patients, yes, even though COVID is a scary condition, yes, it's definitely not good to catch COVID. But at the same time, you have to go out there, wear protective device mask on, and seek the care that you need for your current cardiovascular condition. Tell us about people with heart conditions. Do they have a higher risk of developing a severe case of COVID-19? Absolutely, Kevin. Patients who have pre-existing cardiovascular conditions and even patients who have pre-existing risk factors for cardiovascular conditions are at high risk for developing severe symptoms from COVID-19 infections and higher rates of death among these patients who have cardiovascular conditions. And I tell you a story about a patient I had. This patient is a very nice older gentleman in his 70s, early 70s. And I saved his life about 10 years ago when I was just coming out from training. He had cardiac arrest and we brought him back as a stent to his coronary arteries. And I've always thought that eventually he would succumb to his cardiovascular disease. At the height of the pandemic, the patient decided to retire and move out of California to a different state to live a, a what he told me was a, quote, a simpler life. And a few months later, I got word from his wife that once they moved over to the other state, the patient actually contracted COVID-19 infection and actually passed away in the hospital. And so that's, this story certainly emphasizes the fact that patients who already either have risk factors for cardiovascular disease or who have pre-existing cardiovascular disease do have a higher risk of having a much more severe infection and hospital course and high risk of even dying from the COVID-19 infection. So what would you tell your patients about reducing their risks of COVID-19? You know, you mentioned that they still should be coming to the hospital to stay on top of their screenings, but what else can they do to be safe right now? 
So I certainly have a lot of advice for patients because I do get asked a lot of questions from my patients about what to do during the COVID pandemic. And what I tell patients is that what I see, especially during this last search that we had of COVID-19 infection, is that patients actually got it from family gatherings that seemed to be the most common place patients got it. For example, not from going out and, and, and buying to-go food, not from going through the drive through not from even going to the grocery store, actually. But a lot of family gatherings resulted in transmission of the COVID-19 infection. And so what I tell my patients is that, yes, stay on top of your cardiovascular health. Make sure you see your, your physicians on schedule as needed. And also try to avoid unnecessary family gatherings. I think it's okay to have a small bubble of people that you hang out with and, and see on a regular basis. But I think the high-risk ones are the ones that come back from out-of-state, college students that come back from college, and then you know, those big gatherings like Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. Those inevitably end up with much, much higher risk of transmission of COVID-19 infections. Are you recommending to your patients with heart conditions to get vaccinated? Absolutely. In fact, when the Pfizer vaccine came out and actually were released from the hospital, I think I was the first one in line to get the vaccine. I truly, truly believe in the vaccine and, and its effectiveness for controlling this pandemic. Yes, are there side effects? Absolutely. Each and every one of those vaccines, whether it be Pfizer, Moderna, the AstraZeneca, they all have side effects. Either you get it from the first dose or the second dose. And the side effects can be very varied. For example, myself, both after the first Pfizer dose and the second Pfizer dose, I developed chills uh, for a few hours. I developed uh, backache for a few hours, really significant fatigue for a few hours. But by the next morning, I was back to normal. And I felt really invigorated that at least I have some level of protection. Prior to getting the vaccine, certainly all the frontline workers, including physicians, nurses, etc., we all felt like we were going to get COVID for sure, just because the numbers were so high. And after the vaccine, a lot of us felt a little bit less stressed about it. Uh, we felt a little bit more protected, and we felt like we can do our jobs better without this huge looming fear that eventually we would succumb to the COVID-19 infection. So again, uh, yes, other side effects, absolutely. But other side effects, whatever you may get, whether it be backache, fever, chills, et cetera, are they worth, worth it to prevent you from getting a severe COVID-19 infection? Uh, I absolutely think so. I think a lot of us out there in community certainly have not been able to see firsthand, like myself, how patients look when they have a serious COVID-19 infection. And I think once you see how patients look in the hospital, they're on ventilators, they have to be put on what's called a prone position, they're on multiple trips just to keep them alive then you realize that this is not an infection you want to ever get. And I think a lot of people out there argue that, oh, you know, once they get the COVID-19 infection, they're going to recover well and, and they'll be done with it. And they always throw around this term called herd immunity. And herd immunity will come, but we are already over, way over 500,000 deaths. And we're going to see 500,000 more if people keep believing that herd immunity is what's going to save us in this community. And it, it, the other point I make to people who question about the 
vaccination, they want to wait or they don't want to get it, is that you have really two times when you want to get the vaccination. You either get the vaccination before you get the COVID-19 infection, or you can wait until after you get COVID-19 infection, and then you still have to get the vaccination. And the reason is because the natural infection does not protect you long-term from getting another COVID-19 infection. Pretty much that's an easy uh, way to put it. You really have two choices. Either you get the COVID vaccination now, or you wait till after you get the COVID-19 infection, and then you still have to get the vaccination. Now, just how is Temecula keeping heart patients safe when they do come in for procedures or checkups? So certainly I spent 95% of my time at Temecula Valley Hospital, and so I know that uh, the hospital very well. I can't speak so much for the hospitals around the area just because I don't spend as much time there. But at Temecula Valley Hospital, we have this unique advantage is that the hospital is very new, and therefore the ventilation systems are very good. And the hospital was designed such that we can literally section off unit by unit in the hospital, and we can also certainly section off floor by floor. And so, for example, during the, the search, this recent search that we had, we literally sectioned off a whole floor just to house COVID-19 patients. And therefore, you can see how the separation is so effective that if you have a patient who come in, let's say you have a heart attack, but you don't have COVID-19 infection, uh, you would really almost never come across a patient who has COVID-19 infection. And that's because the the way the hospital designed the new ventilation system that they have allows us to separate patients very effectively. And therefore, the chance of cross-contamination is extremely low. I've had patients who literally were about to have a heart attack. They have these progressive anginal symptoms. And when I see them, I advise that you have to come into the hospital and the first question they ask is, well, Dr. Ho, is, is it safe to go? Am I going to get COVID? And I always tell them that your chance of dying from this current heart condition right now is several times higher than your chance of contracting COVID when you actually come into a hospital. And I think once I say that, patients have this new perspective as to what they need to do, and inevitably they do end up agreeing to come into the hospital to get treated for their, their cardiac condition. And wrapping up here, Dr. Ho, what should people with heart disease think about when seeking care these days? Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, again, that's a, another great question that you asked. Patients who have heart conditions, uh, either symptoms from heart conditions or they have uh, pre-existing heart conditions and they're looking for further care of their condition, I think there's a few things to, to keep in mind when they are seeking care in this area. Let's start with the clinic. Certainly in the pandemic, and I think going forward, the field of medicine, uh, I think will forever be changed as to how we deliver care to patients. And I really doubt that we will go back 100% to what we were doing before. And what we we were doing before was we would pack patients in our clinic. We would pack 20, 30 patients in the waiting area, and then we would have them sit next to each other, you know, on the bench. In some clinics, they're so busy that the patients are just standing next to each other in the hallway waiting to get in. That cannot be anymore in, in this pandemic and going forward. And so when you're seeking care, let's say from a, a cardiologist in the outpatient setting, you want to see if the cardiologist has instituted 
changes to adapt to this new way of, of treating patients. And so you want to see if that office offers, for example, telemedicine, meaning a video capability, where that's sometimes where you just don't need to come in in person. You can actually talk to the doctor and have a nice conversation and go over your test results on video. And so when, when physicians actually demonstrate that they have adapted, then you know that um, they have also thought about other ways to reduce a risk of transmission of COVID-19 when patients actually see the physician. So I got a, a story to demonstrate that. And, uh, and basically, it demonstrates, it demonstrates how telemedicine or video medicine can sometimes be just as effective as a patient coming in in person, waiting amongst 30, 40 people in the waiting room, rubbing off against other people waiting there. And, and still, you get pretty much the same result as when you actually meet the physician in video. So my story goes, a few weeks ago, I, I saw a patient on video, basically as part of a, a video visit follow-up of the patient. And the patient is a long-time patient of mine. Her husband was next to her on, on the video. And during the visit, I, I told the husband, and I told the patient as well, I said, there's, there's something, something not right here. The patient was a little bit confused. I didn't like the color in her face. She looked a little bit pale. And I told the patient that, and, and the husband that, I, I know the patient very well, and I feel like there's something that's not right. And I would like her to come in for, for blood tests and also to get an EKG in the office. So next thing you know, I got the blood test. And that night, the blood test results came back, and I called the husband. And I said, you got to bring her into the hospital immediately because her sodium level is at a critically low level. And so he was very thankful. He brought the, his wife into the hospital. They uh, had to stay there for three days to get treatment for this low sodium level. And so the next time I uh, decided to bring her in, once she recovered from the hospital and she went home, I decided to bring her and her husband in for a follow-up visit inside the office now. And the husband told me this, this story, and it, it demonstrates, again, that you know, sometimes video is really just as good as in person because the husband had told me that a week prior to me seeing on her on video when I noticed that something was wrong with her, they had actually seen the other doctor in person and the other doctor did not see anything wrong with the patient, even though clearly her sodium level had been abnormal for quite some time. And so you can see that when you adapt the ways you do things, when you think outside the box, uh, you certainly can be just as effective as the way you've always done, in which in which you see patients in person all the time. You can accurately diagnose patients on video. You can completely take care of them on video and not necessarily always have to bring them in in physical, in person, in the clinic to take care of them. And, and therefore, by doing that, you significantly reduce the overall risk of transmitting COVID-19 from patient to patient in your waiting room. Great. Well, Dr. Ho, is there anything we didn't touch on today that you'd like to add? Thank you, Caitlin. One last thing I wanted to add with regards to uh, cardiovascular health and this COVID-19 pandemic is that even though you are in the midst of a pandemic and you have to isolate yourself, it doesn't mean that you stop taking care of yourself, especially your cardiovascular health. And I, I see so often that patients give the reason, the pandemic, as the reason why they gain 20 pounds, 30 pounds. And I, I don't think it needs to be 
necessarily so. Even when you, we are in a search and you have to remain isolated, you can still do work in your backyard. You can still put your mask on and, and walk outside along the sidewalk. You can still walk uphill, walk downhill. You can still walk upstairs, downstairs. And therefore, I think if you keep up your physical activity, you're likely not gain the 20 pounds that everybody mentioned gaining during the COVID pandemic. And gaining 20 pounds for a lot of patients is a huge deal because that's just enough to put a patient into a, a range of higher blood pressures. It will knock their diabetes control out of the water. It can even put you into congestive heart failure. And so there's a lot of unnecessary outcomes that you can certainly prevent by continue to be conscious of your cardiovascular health, continue to engage in uh, regular physical activities. And it doesn't necessarily need to be so where you gain 20 pounds in the midst of a COVID-19 surge. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Ho. You're listening to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley. For more information, please visit TemeculaValleyHospital.com. I'm Caitlin White. Thanks for listening.